Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up brand new, exciting, amazing possibilities. I was just listening to a podcast with Chelsea Brennan of Smart Money Mamas, and she said something that is sticking with me. She said, money is a true form of self-care. And this resonates with me because if you get your money in order, you're going to have less stress, which is literally something that you do when you do something for self-care. You are trying to care for yourself, your mental health, and lower your stress and anxiety each and every day. So by doing money right and getting on top of it and just saying, screw you, ADHD, I'm just going to own you money no matter what, you're going to end up feeling a lot better. So just wanted to mention that because it resonated with me and I hope it resonates with you as well. So today I want to talk about budgeting, that scary, scary word. But first, I want to share something. I read in Attitude Magazine regarding revenge bedtime procrastination that I related to, and that will be our non-financial topic. And then we will finish it off with a listener question. So it's going to be a great show. Really quickly, there is some housekeeping. I received a couple of messages regarding when I will be releasing episodes. And so I realized I never actually made this clear. So to clear it up, my intention is to release episodes each and every Monday morning. If I know there will be a week where there is no episode, I will try and let you know ahead of time. This is a possibility as this is a one-man show, a one-man operation. And I am a busy guy right now studying for the CFP and the home stretch. I am juggling a lot, but I'm having so much fun doing this that I'm going to be determined to not miss a week. But the idea is every week for the rest of my life. Well, no, maybe not that, but let's get through one episode at a time and I'll just keep it going. And just so you are aware of my plans, the first batch of episodes is essentially adding color to the ebook, which lays out the general steps to get on top of your money. And last week, we started out with that one-page plan which included setting goals. Now we're talking about the hugely important topic of budgeting. And then I'll spend at least a couple of weeks on what to do with money once you are saving, how to efficiently allocate it to the things that are important in order to start building wealth efficiently and begin tracking towards your goals. But none of that can happen unless you have a legit budgeting process. And so with all that, let's jump into the show. And we're going to start with the non-financial topic and it's going to be fun. Alrighty, so I saw this article pop up on Attitude Magazine by Tracy Otsuka. And it's all about this thing called revenge bedtime procrastination. It basically explains exactly what I do every single night. And so I'm guessing that there's others out there with ADHD who do the same thing. And so this is what it is. Revenge bedtime procrastination is the act of deliberately putting off sleep in favor of leisure activities like binging on Netflix, scrolling on TikTok. This provides short-term enjoyment, but few long-term life benefits. Revenge bedtime procrastination is especially likely when busy schedules and daily responsibilities prevent the enjoyment of me time earlier in the day. So the idea is that you're exacting revenge on all of life's stressors and obligations by delaying sleep for those precious few moments of time to yourself where you can just do what you want. Okay, so this is exactly what I do. I'm very busy and I like being busy. I'm as busy as I've ever been and I'm actually really enjoying it. But when I get in bed, it is not time for sleep. There are some people who I know very well because one of them lives with me, who when they get in bed, it means they are just going to sleep. Like it is bedtime, that's not me. And I'm curious about you guys, if you guys do this too. So my routine is I go through all of my notifications. I hop on social media. 
I'll mindlessly go wherever my phone and the rabbit hole takes me for a while. And then there's stage two. I put on these things I got recently called sleep headphones, where it's like a headband that you might go running with, but there's headphones in them. And this allows me to lie on my side comfortably. And I watch Netflix on my tablet, whichever show I'm currently on. It's currently Peaky Blinders. Well, actually, I just finished Peaky Blinders last night. And I hope there's another season because I can't let it end the way it ended. But a really good show. And then once I feel my eyes begin to get heavy, I know it's time to switch off Netflix and put on the app called Calm, which you may have heard of. Now, this app Calm has these sleep stories where it's like 30 minutes of someone telling you a bedtime story in a very nice, calm, relaxing voice. And the idea is that you fall asleep quickly. And honestly, it really helps me. I fall asleep usually within like 10 minutes of this. But the thing is, when I go from the Netflix to the sleep story, it's like I know I'm giving in to the night and accepting that the next thing I know, I'll be waking up for another busy working day. So like if there are two extra hours in the day, that would be perfect. But I personally don't think it's affecting me in too negative of a way because we do go to bed pretty early. So I think I'm still getting six to seven hours of sleep a night, which has been enough for me for the most part. And so the gist of the article is that if this is you and it is negatively affecting your ability to focus and perform well the next day, then maybe you should consider some strategies like determining why it's even important for you to get more sleep and then setting up a new routine and connecting the action with the intention that you've set. And I think that's great. I think the reason in part that I do this is that I'm just not quite ready to commit to the idea that today's over. But also I think that it's a learned behavior after having trouble for so many years prior when I would just ruminate over thoughts that would be racing through my mind and being unable to fall asleep. The article also says that you may be a revenge bedtime procrastinator because you are still chasing stimulation, which I think is also partly what I was doing or what I do, or you forget what time it is, or your medication might be still active and that's keeping you up, and or just general self-regulation is difficult. So just thought that was interesting. It's fun to read something that exactly explains what you do. So there's that. And now with that, we're going to get right into the meaty stuff, the money stuff, and specifically ADHD budgeting that actually will work for you. So cue the transition music once again, and we're going to sneak our way into some fun stuff. All right, welcome to budgeting class. Here we go, team. All right, no, just kidding. Uh, So if you listen to the last episode, you'll recall that we talked about laying the groundwork with a one-page financial plan where you figure out why money is important to you. We wanted to uncover what is even the point of making any change to improve our financial condition. After all, if you don't know why you're doing something, you're unlikely to keep doing it for very long. Me personally, my core value of why money is important to me is because it enables me to provide safety, security, and a good, rich life to my family. And this branches out into so many other things that align with this value. I want to be able to leave at least some of my money to my children. I want to take them on vacations. I want to be able to give them what they want, not when they want necessarily. And I also want to be able to give them what they need. And so I want to be able to help them off to college. I also do not want to be a burden on them when I am older. And of course, If I get invited on a golf trip with old friends, I want to be able to have the freedom to go without the onslaught of guilt, anxiety, and stress that may have been attributed to that in the past. The second part of the one-page plan that we went over is goals. 
that are tied to your values. Okay. And so once you have all that squared away and you really understand that, we have to do something about it. So where do we start? If you don't already have a sound budgeting practice in place, then budgeting and learning how to budget is without question the first thing to address. Budget is a scary word. You might associate it with like deprivation. Like if I do a budget, I'll be depriving myself of everything I like, but it's not really. So before we get into the nuts and bolts, let's talk about some concepts and what the purpose of budgeting really is. So think of yourself as a business. Hi, I am David Incorporated. And my value proposition is that I help David and those dependent on David eat, sleep, breathe, and enjoy the simple pleasures in life. Okay, so businesses invest in things they need to make themselves more productive. Businesses don't go out on shopping sprees on things they don't expect to improve their business. And they certainly want to make money so they can pay their people, their employees. I, as David Incorporated, want to spend money in line with my values because I will get a lasting return on that. And I also want to make money, i.e., that is, spend less than I earn so I can continue to invest in myself, my values, and keep getting that return on life that actually leads to fulfillment and happiness. And so with that mindset, budgeting is not so much a tool to deprive you, but more a tool to get more return on life. Without a budget that you are actually sticking to, especially when you have ADHD and a history of impulsive shopping, you never know when you're going to blow it all up in one weekend. It's way easier to spend money than it is to save. I know because I've been there. Now, we also do need to make a big point of distinction before we get into the nuts and bolts. There is a big difference between tracking your spending and actually budgeting. I can track my spending using an app all day long and still go bankrupt in short order. I know down to the penny what bankrupted me, that is for sure, but it didn't actually help me to track. So budgeting is actually knowing in advance how much you can spend. Budgeting is thinking about upcoming expenses and factoring them in. Budget is reviewing the budget at the end of the month and making changes, observations, and talking about it with your significant other, accountability partner, or being honest with yourself. It is about creating a daily ritual that starts to happen automatically the more consistent and the more you do it. Now, that is not to say that tracking spending is not important. It is vitally important, and it is part of the process. We just want to marry the tracking and the budgeting. Tracking is incredibly important for developing awareness. And that is why the way I teach, we use pen and paper. Though I am going to talk about my favorite budgeting app, really, the only one I found that I like, and how it is an important supplement and a backup, the pen and paper is key. I have found it to be huge. The studies show that it boosts learning and increases neural encoding. And I don't know about you, but I'll do whatever it takes to get some extra neural encoding because that sounds great. And it sounds like that means something is being written in stone into my brain. So we do want that. That's for sure. Now, I'm almost ready to explain what to do but I wanted to add one more thing. I'm going to explain exactly how I set up my budget. It might seem overwhelming to go from spending mindlessly, not budgeting at all, to all of a sudden going to the other extreme. So while I am going to explain it that way, I would suggest you start with small goals, one thing at a time, and I'll add some color as we get there. So the very first step is to add up all of your monthly fixed expenses. To make it simple, include everything that is recurring and reasonably fixed. 
I include things like rent payments, mortgage, cable, phone, subscriptions that I consider non-negotiable. Like for me, it's Netflix, never getting rid of that. Utilities, car payments, loan payments, insurance, et cetera. So anything that is fixed and not changing from month to month in any major way. Now think about things that are not monthly. For me, I have this quarterly sewer bill. So what I do is I divide that amount by three to make it a monthly expense. Perhaps you are self-employed and you have to pay quarterly estimated taxes. Factor that in. Don't let anything slip through. For things like utilities, which can vary somewhat modestly from month to month, what I suggest to do is the simple and conservative approach, which is to use a high estimate. So use your average gas bill that you would have in the cold winter and the average electric bill from the hot summer. List these all out and add them up. You will subtract this number from your monthly take-home pay. And this is what you have left over for discretionary, fun, whatever you want spending. So naturally, it is time to review your discretionary fund whenever you want spending. So take a deep breath. A lot of this will be one-time work and I will share the cheat shortly. So add up everything else you spent money on and list them out on paper into a few different categories. You can have as many categories as you want, but I recommend having only a few. Do not make this overwhelming because that is not gonna work. But if perfection is your thing and being super detailed gets you going, then, I mean, go ahead. So for example, for my categories, all I do is I use shopping slash fun, groceries slash essentials, eating out, and miscellaneous. So for example, I put gas into the groceries and essentials bucket. And so do things like diapers and other essentials for the baby. Shopping and fun typically represents the things I just do not need in any way. I personally include in that my golf, my adult soccer league that I pay for every month or so, and my gym membership in there because it is more simple for me and I categorize those things as things I don't actually need. I could work out at home and do jumping jacks all day long. Some may want a separate category for that. So if you want to, that's fine. Eating out is self-explanatory and miscellaneous will get those truly miscellaneous things that just so happen to pop up in life. Like maybe it's a parking ticket or you have a leaky pipe and you have to call the plumber. Those things will go into the miscellaneous basket. Now, I should have mentioned you were doing this for a month. So you want to go back a month, choose a month and go back and add it all up for your fixed expenses and your discretionary expenses. And the fixed expenses is something that is going to be basically fixed month to month. So you don't have to really worry about it. You just know that is your fixed expenses. And now this is where I will share the cheat with you to make this part of the process easier and faster. But really, I do implore you to do it by hand and use this cheat to check your work because it will be worth it in the long run. So there's this app called Honeydew. That's D-U-E. It's a free budgeting app that is just the right amount of simple to be effective. You can sign up as either a couple or do it alone. And you're going to go in there and link all of your bank accounts and credit cards to it, anything where money comes out. Once you do that, go to the bottom right hand of the app, click on the More tab, then click on Transactions, go through and recategorize all the transactions as what you want them to be, fitting them into the categories you've decided before make sure you click on the little toggle thing where it says apply to similar transactions so future transactions will go to the right place. Once you do this, going back a couple of months, go back to that 
more tab again, then click budget. There you're going to see some magic. You're going to see how much you spent in each category. And depending on how far you went back for the transactions, you can check it for a few months back. And that'll give you a great idea of your spending on those categories and the trends sort of of your spending. Now, that is all I'm going to do for now on this. But if you request, I can do a deeper dive in the future, but I'm not trying to make this a tutorial on an app. So, okay, are you still with me? I hope so. I feel like I'm just reading instructions. So I am almost done, I promise. One quick thing to note, do not include credit card payments beyond the minimums in your discretionary spending tally. It's not really spending. It's more like you're paying back the money you already spent that wasn't yours. You may be in the cycle that I used to be in where I would pay off as much credit card debt as I could each paycheck and then hope and pray that I would have a good month and not overspend. Okay, so now you've got everything you need to set up the first budget. So woohoo, earlier I said, go easy if you feel overwhelmed. This is where that applies. So if you've been overspending a lot, don't try and save like 500 bucks right away. Just try and save a little bit. Or maybe you'll just want to try and break even for a couple of months so you're not building any credit card balance. If you are breaking even already, maybe you'll start with saving $100 a month or $200. Start off with a goal that you can achieve and give yourself early and often victories. So now here's the most important part of this whole thing. This is where the rubber meets the road. You pull out a piece of paper, you label it January or whatever month it is, You write the categories and columns, leaving enough space below to write transactions down. And you break up the amount you are allowed to spend in the various categories, making sure you are accounting for your savings goal. So for example, if you can spend $1,500 each month on discretionary spending, but you want to save $200 a month as your first goal, you'll take $1,300 and split it up based on the spending pattern you've observed from your previous months of spending. Do not be overly analytic. For the first month, just make it easy. Take educated guesses. Things can always be adjusted. So now you are ready. You take this paper, you put it on your kitchen counter. That's where I keep mine. Or you keep it by your bed. Somewhere you will not be able to miss it. Every day when you go home or before bed, walk over to it and write down everything you spent money on. You can go into your bank account and be specific, but that's extra work and we don't want extra work. So I recommend just rounding. Like I used to go to Wawa for lunch every single day. Say I spent $12.53 there. I would remember when I got home that I spent around $12.50. So I would write that down, $12.50 under the eating out category on my piece of paper. Those few cents you miss are not a big deal. The point is you are going to start building incredible awareness about where your money is going and how much is going to different places. I would always run out of space because I wrote 12 bucks down from going to Wawa so many times that I realized I was spending an absurd amount of money on this and I just had to stop. So do this every single day. Anytime you buy something on Amazon while you're sitting on the couch, get up like a robot, walk over and write it down. At the end of the month, You'll add up how much you spent in each category. And for the first month, really, who cares if you went over? It's not a big deal. But you're going to learn so much. Sit down and spend 10 minutes looking at all the ways you can improve for next month. I really encourage you to make this a game. I found it actually fun to see how little I could spend. It became gratifying to know that I didn't have to go walk over to the counter and write down lunch because I had made my own. And that felt good. And that gave me actual pleasure 
And I want you to get to that point as well. You'll start to find ways to save money and see where the small sacrifices can be made that aren't gonna hurt you. Trust me. And so that's crucial, reviewing it every month. If you forget any days, you'll have the Honeydew app as backup. So that's where that comes in. It is backup to fill in the days you miss. You can go in there, look at the transactions and jot down the things that you forgot to write down. All right, that's it. That's all I've got for you today on the budgeting. That was a quick spitfire coming at you, training on how to do a budget in a way that is going to work. You have to write it down. I'm telling you, it makes such a difference. Turn this into a monthly ritual and you'll be so surprised at just how aware you become of your spending. And if you're anything like me, you'll find yourself being way more thoughtful when you go up to that cash register and you hear the amount you are spending on that thing. You're gonna remember that number. It's gonna get locked in your head. And I want you to have that feeling because you're gonna think about, did I really need that? And you're gonna start spending time thinking about this stuff. It's important. When you have concrete savings from this, lock it in and move it to your savings account. We'll start to talk next week and probably for a couple weeks about saving and what to do now that you're becoming a budget master and becoming aware and mindful of your spending. If you have any specific questions on this process, let me know. And I would also love to hear how it goes for you, what struggles you have, what successes you have, what is working. And maybe you'll come up with something different that works really well for you that I could hear and relay back to the audience. So regardless, I really do hope I've inspired you to get this going. If you're having any problems at all, please let me know. And now let's finish the show off with a listener question. So sorry for the poor audio here. I just realized very late and I don't have my mic with me that I never actually read the question. So please excuse the bad audio. Kirsten asks, what is your favorite budgeting app and how do you use them? And what should I look for in a budgeting app? So here is the answer to the question. So like I actually had mentioned on this episode, the one that I like the most by far is Honeydew. And this is why I recommend it. For one, if you do use it and have any questions at all, I could help you. But really, the one I used before this was Truebill, which was really pretty good, I guess, but it just was so complicated. And there's so many different features and things they wanted you to do. I was so overwhelmed by it all. Honeydew is great because it's so simple. It can't do a whole lot, which is great. You link your accounts and the linking was a breeze. You choose your categories, you recategorize your transactions, you set spending limits, and then you're done. It will show you in a very clear view how much you spent in each category, how much you have left to spend, and simple data about how it compares to the month before. You don't need anything more than that. It will also notify you when you get near your spending limits. I personally love also that it was designed for couples. You can link up your accounts together and you can set up your budget together and be a real team. There is a feature as well to chat with your significant other in the app. So maybe if money is a point of contention in your relationship, you could decide that you're going to talk about money only through the app. It really can be a great tool for accountability because your partner can see what you are spending and vice versa. No hiding, no financial cheating. You can make it so you can hide your transactions though in case you know, you're know you buying a gift or something. But I do think the transparency is good. They also offer a joint debit card, which is completely free that is issued by Sutton Bank, which is a legitimate bank, in other words. And we are actually using that to really good effect. And I actually really want to share how we are using it strategically 
but I'll save that for next week's show or the week after. I'll put a link to Honeydew in the show notes. So that is my budgeting app recommendation. You also asked how to use it. Well, I did explain that in the episode, so that should be good. It is the perfect balance between what you need and not what you don't need. It won't overwhelm our precious ADHD minds that do not need any additional complications. And so I hope that helps you. Okay, so that's it. I had a blast today. Keep the feedback coming. I love hearing from you and it keeps me so motivated to keep making these as well as I possibly can. And leave a review on Apple. That would be splendorific. Okay, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya.